welcome to Brews with Andrews, the Lancelot Andrews podcast. Thank you for downloading and listening as we discuss one of his works as well as what he has to say with the challenges facing our churches today in this world that seems to get darker and darker and more and more insane by the minute. So grab a drink, pull up a chair, and let's dive in. I'm Father Michael. So I'm Father Alan. And this is Brews with Andrews. Cheers. And cheers. For this episode, it's really just an introduction to Lancelot Andrews. Why would anybody take time to read this dead guy as opposed to another dead guy? What we are hoping to accomplish in this is to overcome some of the challenges that T.S. Eliot said you would have trying to read Lancelot Andrews. His material is a gold mine if you're willing to work your way through a lot of stuff. stuff. <laughs> Lancelot Andrews, um, this is uh, really the person that uh, steered me towards uh, one day wearing a collar. And uh, it's very interesting because uh, I, was, I was brought up and taken to church, but I was never brought up theologically in the church or anything. And so uh, as I was, I don't know, probably 50 years old, uh, it was at Christmas one time, and I just found Lancelot Andrews, so I pulled up one of his sermons. And even though I couldn't understand a lot of it because he goes so deep, uh, yet it just uh, tugged at me. And, and, what, and what we will talk about over and over with Andrews is... Uh, uh, he didn't think that words could fully express uh, the, the gospel. He thought that all of the sacraments of the church were needed to grow in that grace from God. And uh, But he does such a wonderful job of uh, taking the Old Testament and weaving it through the New Testament and bringing light to the gospel that I otherwise would have never have seen. And so even though it's very difficult to read, and uh, uh, even today when I read one of his sermons, it's something I have to read three or four times, and uh, they're usually 10 to 15 pages long, and he's usually just taking one verse and just really getting to every uh, ounce of meaning there are to the words going throughout. And... Uh, uh, so he's difficult to read, but I'm not a trained theologian. Uh, I struggled. It took me seven years to get to seminary. Uh, uh, but yet the message is what touched me. And as we talk about Andrews, uh, he's going to tug at your heart on a lot of things. And uh, that's what he's trying to get to, to the heart of the Christian, to the heart of the, the matter uh, that he's discussing. And uh, so what I thought we would do today, as Father said earlier uh, in later podcasts, which will probably be another two or three weeks before we do another one, uh, we will take specific uh, topics pertaining to the season that we're in and delve into some of his uh, sermons. And, uh, and we want to go deep, but we don't want to go too deep. 
I, I do not want this, neither one of us do. Well, this is not a seminary class. Uh, we're here simply to present Lancelot Andrews and his words and to show you how they connect with St. Michael the Archangel, uh, our church here in the Anglin Church. And really, it should relate to everyone. Uh, I did my thesis paper on Andrews, and when I sent it in, I went to a seminary that uh, uh, was mainly used by the uh, Presbyterian Church. And uh, so I sent in my topic for the thesis, which is, I don't know, what was it? Lancelot Andrews, a good example for a traditional Anglican priest. When I sent it in, the guy called me back and he said, this should be interesting because there are a lot of people around here that think he's the devil. <laughs> so, anyway, so I knew I was in the right path then, but to their credit, they were wonderful to me and uh, we worked through all of that. If you really want to get everything you need or would like out of the scriptures, uh, the spiritual disciplines and the guided tour that Lancelot Andrews takes us on through the scriptures can really allow a person to become enamored and really enraptured with um, the loving Savior that is Jesus Christ. And so that's what we hope we can hand out, rediscover for ourselves as well along the way. To be a good guidelines for us to follow a life in Christ. And uh, once again, that changes the heart, which changes the person, uh, which brings us to Christ. Now, Father Michael here lets you know that he spent a good chunk of his um, life as a student reading through Andrews uh, by writing his dissertation on it. And that's really where we turn now to discuss. There's four things that really stick out about um, Lancelot Andrews. I mean, without him, we would not have the King James Bible we have today. Um, the things that, the tool that pretty much is the backbone of Anglicanism, um, but then way outside of Anglicanism and to all branches of the church, this is a valued translation of the scriptures for corporate worship, and he's really the editor behind it. And his, let me interrupt just say, mm -hmm. the, uh, his uh, emphasis on the words never being great enough to express the wonders of God, whether you get into the ontological debate of who, what God is, who he is, and all. Uh, but as Father Allen was saying, uh, he was if there was a head editor of the King James Bible, it would have been Lancelot Andrews. He specifically was in charge of the committee that did from Genesis through Second Kings. And in the very first part of Genesis, you can see his, uh, his struggle with trying to come up with words. Because if you look at the previous translations into English, talks about the void, the darkness, the depth, and all of the evil that was flowing down here. And when, Andrew, when you read the King James Version, Andrew, he talks about the spirit moving upon the face of the waters. And you and, and there are books written about this. Why do you use face? And I believe he was searching for the words, but if you see the image of God, 
creating the world down beneath, he could see a reflection of his face actually in the waters. So connecting himself to mankind and to all of his creation. So that's just one of the things uh, that Alan was the the, yeah. the attempts he makes to bring it alive. Yes, um, he he respected the poetry of the scriptures and really did his best to bring it into well, bring it to life in the life of those who would read it. At the time, not everybody had their own copy of it. Um, it would just be at the church, and so it would be valuable for God's people to, when the word was read, that it would, it would, oh, what's the word? It would... The gravitas. It's gravitas, <laughs> but it would keep the original poetry. I'm losing the words. But, yeah. that, but that's what made him... He was King James, the actual King James, called King James Bible, loved Lancelot Andrews, um, one of his favorite preachers. Uh, just because of the eloquence. And, and he would preach the holy days for uh, Elizabeth. She fell in love with him. And then with James. And uh, uh, James thought so highly of him. Evidently, James was in the Navy. <laughs> he, had the, he had the mouth of a, of a guy in the Navy. Huh. <laughs> they say the naval tongue or whatever. Uh, but he was very vulgar in a lot of his uh, conversations. Sorry for all the people in the Navy. I was airborne. I can relate to him. Um, but when James was around Andrews, he sounded like a little altar boy. <laughs> and he would sleep with Andrews' sermons uh, beneath his pillow at night. So he had great reverence for this, man, this quote, holy man that he saw. And as Alan was talking about, the, the gravitas or the wording of it and all, uh, there was actually, I think it was the BBC that did uh, a, a special on the 400-year anniversary of the King James Bible. If you've never seen it, it's really great to watch. But even the the, the, the narrator, he goes into a church with the, the, the stone walls and the echoing effect, and he said, and it had to sound... I don't know what the word was, great, uh, great or sound, uh, whatever word you want to use. Uh, have gravitas. It must have gravitas. And he would read, and you can hear it almost. And, and the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. I mean, it would echo through. And it is. It's telling a picture, just like the Jews uh, in the early days were great storytellers. And... Uh, uh, so that condition, that tradition, is uh, carried forth. Yeah, it it has left Lancelot Andrews with the legacy, especially in the Anglican Church. One of the most gifted preachers, translators of the Scriptures that we hold so dear. But it wasn't just that. I mean, he would be important enough. You would say without him, we wouldn't have the King James Bible. But to an extent, we wouldn't have bishops either. At the, in his day and age, they were getting ready to just to scrap the whole bishop thing. It was like it was inconvenient. We don't really need them. And Andrew stepped up and said, well, if you're just not interested in doing what the Bible says, sure, you can get rid of them. But if we're going to be, if we're going to take advantage of the Reformation for all it's worth, 
one of the things we ought to do is actually try to do what the Bible says. As we know, the Roman church, that, you know, 15th century, 14th, it started getting a little crazy. It had strayed away from the original trajectory began by Christ and the apostles and the fathers of the faith. And so Andrew says, we've just, we've kind of got off track, guys. And since you're ready to scrap bishops, it shows you that you're off track too. And let's re-examine ourselves. Let's see what we actually have here on the island and with the Reformation to get back on track with what Jesus intended, and that obviously included the threefold ministry of bishops, priests, presbyter, elder, and deacons. And so it's, it's in that, it's not just being a preacher and a translator, but he's, he's a defender of the ancient faith, and he brought that to life. And during that time period, uh, even Andrews would say of the Reformation over in Europe, he would tell people, these people have not thrown away the faith. They believe the creeds and the the writings. But what he was concerned with was them wanting to change the government of the church as established by Christ himself. And so he would defend the Church of England against the... uh, uh, the Protestants, and there was actually, I was telling Father Allen the story last night of, they were, the, the Protestants were very much after Andrews to be in their corner, because I guess they kept having a butt edge with him. And uh, he went one Sunday after a church service out, and I don't know how they did it back then, but evidently he went to where the Presbyterians were, and they were out back and it says they were bowling. I don't know if it's, it's probably not the bowling that we do today, <laughs> but they were out bowling on Sunday afternoon. And it so upset him when he saw that, yes, they were preaching the word, but they were not taking into their hearts and living the word, that he left that meeting. And uh, I don't think uh, he had much communications with them after that. And uh, so he would defend the church from the Reformation that was happening in, in, in Europe itself, but he also would defend the church from the Romans and, and the, 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 the papal missteps that they had taken. And uh, so he was sort of, he was like saying to both of these sides, come on, guys, why don't we go back to where we were all one, one together, speak so much about unity in the church. And that's what the Reformation in England was, was moving towards, trying to go back to the early uh, church, to the uh, the scripture, and the early church fathers. And uh, so that was a lot about uh, where he was coming from on all that. Yeah, that's the, I have it written down here. The classic quote um, that you'll run into when dealing with Andrews historically, it's the one, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. He believed in one canon. Given of, given of God, two testaments, old and new, three symbols, that is the creeds of the apostles, the Nicene and Athanasian Creed, four, the first councils of the faith, Christianity of Nicaea, Constantinople, Ephesus, and Chalcedon, and then five, the five centuries thereafter that would seal in kind of the apostolic fathers. And those five things, it says, 
we need to go no further. We could think this is this is the foundation. It's all there. Um, that we need to build upon and make sure we're in line with no matter what we do. And I think it's a, I think you would put it in your, your thesis here is that he wanted the idea he promoted the idea of Catholicism. And but what he meant was um, he wanted a pure. A, yeah. He wanted the he wanted Episcopal uh, with bishops. He didn't want it to be papal with a pope. And so it was bringing it to life, and you'll catch that in his sermons, and you're like, wait a second, talking a lot about some Catholics right now. Yeah. And he really means the universal church, what Christ was always intending this to be. Not a church Um, of one group ruling over another, but a universal church. Yeah, and it's a a quote. I'm sure you stole it in your your. In your your paper, (laughs) Um, it says, Andrews decided to look backwards in order to move forward. Mm -hmm. As the church has always had its divisions and heresies, he searched the ancient fathers and the light of the church in whom the scent of the ointment was fresh and the temper true on whose writings it lieth thick and thence strike it off and gather it safely. That's heavy. (laughs) He just, you know, it's... By the sense of fresh. Is it Dragnet? Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Yeah, like a TV show. And Andrew, Andrew's just saying, look, just the basics. Let's, let's get down to the central truths of it and let that transform what's going on in our world right now. And it carries, all of his sermons carry over to what we do now. But not to think... And Andrews, and we'll talk about it later on, his prayer life was like four or five hours a day in prayer. And uh, so you sort of think of him as this grumpy old man when you sort of read all this stuff. And I always wondered, what boy, I'd love to, to have a brewski with him. But uh, there, were, there was a great, uh, just to show his other side, uh, King James had him and another bishop and I guess the other bishop was pretty well kissing up to whatever the, the, the king was saying. James was saying that he could take all of the wealth of the country, that it all could be his. And the and the, the other bishop was saying, yes, whatever you want, my king, and you're the king. And he looked at Andrews. And I don't remember the other uh, bishop's name. Uh, he says, what do you think of this? And Andrews try not to answer him. He goes, no, no, what do you think? And he says, well, I think if Bishop Joe over here wants to give you all of his money, then by all means, take it. <laughs> so wow. He had a, a, just reading that just tells you, he also had that sense of humor. And I think that's what James was trying to get out of him uh, during that dis- that uh, discussion that he was having with him. Well, and you bring up his, his spiritual life, and that by far is what he's remembered for. You can get the reprint pretty cheap. I mean, the spiritual devotions of Lancelot Andrews, his the fruits of his daily life lived in the presence of the Holy Spirit, letting it really transform his mind to see. He, it's, it's what comes through in his sermons. There'll, there'll be times when we discuss a specific sermon. If you read it after we've talked about it, your first take will be, Get to the point, man. Um, but it's 
we're he's rushing it. Well, he's building a base, but he's actually just walking through this text and really enjoying it. Um, you know, it's it's really just examining all the trees of the forest and basking in just the beauty of each one. And he'll do that through a specific biblical text, and that grows out of his daily hours with the Lord and his presence. He was really taken with the beauty of the Lord. As Anglicans, we love to say to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, and he was well acquainted with the beauty of the holiness of the Lord. And that's what's kind of coming out in his, in his text. And again, hopefully what we can recapture as we uh, move through each one. I have, that's another quote from your, your paper. Lancelot Andrews helped guide the Church of England during the early post-Reformation period. He is famous for both his prayers and his sermons as they reflect a holiness of life. So it's, he's a good preacher, but man, he's a better prayer, uh, which is hard to say once you actually get into him, but it's true. And, and even that holiness about him, uh, his chapel, uh, where he was, was used as an example by all the other priests and bishops around. They just saw what the reverence that Andrew showed uh, for the body and blood of Christ, for the church itself. Uh, he was mimicked by many others. And I think it... All these I should have looked up, but but I think it may have been Lord Bishop Lord when he was being he was put on trial, and his comment was, "Hey, I haven't done anything that Andrews didn't do," <laughs> and so it was yeah. like, you know, look at look at this guy over here, and uh, so Andrew was known as the the standard bearer for what the Eucharist service should be like, sound like. And uh, just to bring that presence of God into into our presence. Well, and it's it's just simple Christianity. It's not simple English, but it is simple Christianity. And that he wanted to get down to really just the basics of the faith. Even so, when it comes to praying, like I mean, you ask you would ask him, why are you doing this morning prayer and these evening prayers? And his answer would simply be, because Jesus did it. Right. Um, like, he said pray, so we pray. Yeah, like, you know, it's he doesn't, it's just keeping it simple. Like, Jesus is our teacher, which means he, we're his student, and we learn to do what he did. And it was, you really, we can get a vibe of what true discipleship is in Andrew's writings. Today, we like to talk the talk, but we sure as heck don't like walking the walk. And... Andrews, on the hand, walked the walk right along with it. And it's something we need more. I mean, if you if the virus has taught us anything, um, it's this shutdown and pandemic, pandemonium, is that we are not deeply rooted in our faith as we ought to be. We are, we are giving up way too much, making way too many excuses just to not do the simple things Jesus told us to do. And a Andrews is a way back into this deeper, robust, more fertile ground of Christianity. And his, his writings and his life just shows the joy uh, that can come from doing that. And I think many of us have realized uh, 
lately, and it's actually, I'm going to promote it a little bit, uh, Father and Alan do morning prayer, live streaming it in the morning, and we have a session just called Pondering, uh, just to talk about some of these topics. And we do that so we can relate it to our daily lives. We talk about the lives we're living and the different things we come in contact with. And, but we try to bring a holiness to it on how you should handle this and uh, to really see the world for what it is. And today when we look around, uh, what we see oftentimes is bitter and hatred. And I know better than anybody else. And we've created so many little gods, uh, whether they be in sports, politics, whatever you want to name. We've got these little gods, and they're polluting our society as, as Christians. And uh, that's one thing Lancelot Andrews tried to constantly through his life, following the life of Jesus, a lot, a lot, a lot of prayer. And, um, you know, I think we were talking the other day about uh, I always chuckle when uh, Jesus is with the, the apostles and he leaves them, he goes, pray. <laughs> but they had to look at each other and go, well, how do we do that? And, of course, Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer finally when they ask him for it. Uh, but it's bringing discipline to our prayer life, knowing what we're praying for and knowing how to pray. And uh, uh, when he would do his daily prayers, even, I don't know if you've got it in there, the daily, each day was... For part of the scripture he would yeah. focus on, I think it was Mondays was like uh, the creation story. So each day through the week, he would have a prayer that reflected uh, scripture uh, throughout for the history of the church, the Jewish church and the Christian church. And then he would pray about how to bring that into their lives uh, during that time. And uh, so it's, uh, it's quite interesting when you look at it. Well, and it's needed. The one of the things that you we see in our speech today, especially within the church, is is that we're not we're not immune from speaking much differently than the world when it comes to spreading I'd say hate, but at least negative thoughts negative. Who, yeah. um, to certain groups, certain parties and and when you do that, you can tell whom you're not praying for, uh, because like when and, and you're not actually praying for, you're praying almost against. Yeah, and you like, go after and attack these people. Like when the, when we find ourselves able to speak against a particular group or a person very easily, it reveals quite quickly that we are not praying for that person or that group, because it's in prayer that the heart of Christ begins to seep into us, and. Andrews, again, as a perfect example, is, well, here's the quote from your paper again, from Andrews says, Take heed, we take not the sin of our neighbor for our neighbor. <laughs> and I mean, it's, you know, if you're, if you're actually praying for your neighbor, they stay human. Um, if you're not praying for your neighbor, well, they just become that person or they. He'll continue, for every sinner, as he is a sinner, is to be hated. But every man, as he is man, is to be loved. 
Let us love men so that we love not their sins and love them for that which God made them, not that which by sin they made themselves. I mean, we're so quick today because we don't have the true Anglican spiritual life of prayer embodied by Andrews that all we do is see sinners. We don't actually see the men and women that God created in their image and intended them to be. Nor to have pity and prayer for those people that they may become, that they may return to that image that God created. Uh, It just perpetuates each, it just gets worse. Call this group that, and then that group will call you that, and it goes back and forth. Nobody's really praying for one another. Nobody's really searching the true creation of that person that God made. And uh, and that's, uh, boy, if we could just get through that to where we don't sin or see the sin of the person as the person, but that we see the person who has this disease that we call sin. We, we pray for someone to be cured or, uh, or be cured from the coronavirus, but we don't pray for that person to be cured from the sin which darkens his world and everybody else's world. And uh, so this is something that, uh, that we must strive to do is, is to see the person as God sees them, not as our evil eyes portray them. Uh, but God loves those people just as much as he loves us. And uh, we are part of the sinners of the world. And uh, so Andrew's always uh, uh, try to go beyond that and, and to show the goodness of God's creation and uh, that, yes, it was good. And, yes, it deserves praying Many hours to during the day, not just uh, giving him, you know, a couple of minutes of your time. Although, if that's all that you will give him, he will accept that as well. Uh, but that's what these podcasts are going to be for: is to try to help us to more to move more deeply into seeking that relationship with Christ. Yeah, I guess what we've covered the, so far, and why Andrews is one: he is the gifted preacher and translator, who's really a a main powerhouse for giving us the King James translation of the Bible. He is the defender of the ancient faith, taking every opportunity he can to actually do God's will in his church as God wanted it to be done. I mean, without him, wouldn't have the bishops. And the only reason he did bishops is because, well... New Testament says they're kind of important. And so it's just... <laughs> Read the book of Acts. I mean, it's, Andrew is, is, a, is such a complex sermon, but such a simple faith. It's, we do things because Jesus said to do them. We do things because the New Testament says they're important. It's not rocket science. We don't need to write, you know, cyclical after cyclical of dogma um, when we can just try to live the scriptures. Um, and so he had that. And then third, we have him being such a, a spiritual leader, a man of prayer, that really allowed him to have the right lenses to see. I mean, when you spend the hours with Jesus that Andrews encourages us to do, we can begin to 
loving and seeing as Christ did, um, when he looked on pity um, with those around him, even that rich young ruler <laughs> who was never going to join the faith. It says that Jesus loved him, was moved to the bowels for him, even though he's getting ready to walk away. And that's what can develop in this form of this type of spirituality that the Anglicanism that Lancelot Andrews developed. But the final thing, I guess, to kind of bring it to end, and the reason we'll be studying him, it requires study, is that of just being a very practical, biblical theologian. He, Lancelot Andrews is not short on words. So when he sets down to put together a basic catechesis class, his first writing, actually. His, the first thing, he's like, you know, let's just let's just keep it simple. Let's just teach the faith. And like a couple thousand pages later. Um, it says the end, finally. The end. He would defend, although he was very simple in his faith, he was ready to go against anyone who threatened it. He, he would defend this faith, and no one was going to out-argue him. As a, a solid theologian, you see it in his pattern of catechistical yeah, doctrine, that big, thick one. Right. And you'll see it when he's even really going toe-to-toe with some of the leading Catholics of his day. Was it Cardinal Bellarmini? Well, yeah. By how you say hey, his name. Do you have the quote he has with him when he's working with him? Which but one? Tell, we're not the one that's polluted the faith. Yeah, I, mean, I remember him saying it. I don't know if it's on here. Let's see. Yeah, it's uh, it was in the the cardinal had made the statement that if you did not believe in transubstantiation, that uh, you cannot be a Christian. And so, uh, I guess it was James at that time asked him to reply to it, and uh, he just starts saying that we're not the ones who've corrupted uh, uh, the faith. Uh-huh. We we look. Uh, we're not here to reform the faith or to corrupt the faith or whatever, but we're here to reform it back to its original intent. And uh, but uh, yeah, he goes after the cardinal pretty heavy a couple of times. I don't think he was on his Christmas card list. <laughs> no, um, and it, but again, yeah, it's just rolling. Wanting to wash off the abuse. Um, Andrews does a lot like, well, John Jewell does in his defense of the English church. It's trying to say, we're not the ones that messed it up. Like, we're just simply trying to go back to that point where the church started going off into left field and then to keep it going in the direction it was meant to be going in. And that will be coming up time and time again as we will be weaving um what Which he does with this sermon. He does it in his sermon. And so you'll find a lot of his theology actually articulated better in his big, thick um, catechesis material. Um, but it undergirds all of his sermons as well. Um, it's just the way he works. Um, and so... Uh, uh, I, let me say, as he... And you can see it in his writings, to me anyway... Uh, it seems like the closer he got to God, the more it scared him to death. <laughs> As yeah. he saw more and more that he was not worthy to be doing all of this. And he rejected being being nominated as the bishop, I think, two times. I think the third time he finally did it. 
but he just couldn't see his worthiness of, of doing this. And even his family, I, was, I remember I was reading um, some, some author and he was talking about the life of Lancelot Andrews. And uh, he was like one of 12 children, and his father was a, uh, worked uh, at the port, I think, in Great Britain and was part of the Union. And, uh, and the author just made it was a great point. I just laughed when I read it. He says, uh, we don't know what type of woman it is, but to name her first son, Lancelot. <laughs> you know, yeah. you just see this love of this child. And uh, so he had many brothers and stuff, but he was, uh, when he was very young, he it was real, it was, everyone realized how brilliant this kid was. And so all the, the scholars wanted to tutor him and to teach him. And uh, the biggest problem with him was that he would not go out to recess. And uh, it reminds me of a joke I heard one time. Uh, but he wouldn't go out to recess. He'd rather walk silently or with a, a mate discussing theological things, I guess, through the woods and stuff. And so he had a sense of humor. He was a little bit off of center, not wanting to, to do all the play times and stuff. Uh, he was extremely educated. But above all of that, he was so devoted to God. And that's what comes through in all that. And that's what I hope we can bring through. In these yes. Um, again, picking either a sermon, um, picking a topic um, that would be in the his thicker work, um, something to hand it off to be beneficial for the average Christian. Um, because... The av- let's say the average Christian is going to look at an Andrew sermon and not make it to the bottom of page two. Um, you're just not. We're, we're not. we're not a reflective people. We're not a people that slows down. Um, even A.W. Tozer back when he was preaching would say that his generation didn't know anything of the verse, be still and know that I am God. And it's only gotten worse. And so that works against us. What we'll do is boil this material down and hopefully inspire um, you to carry this stuff with you into your daily life um, to grow in a more robust faith. Second to that, it's also to show what Anglicanism was meant to be. This day and age, people can ask me when I inform them that I am an Anglican priest, they go, well, what's Anglican? And with the spirit of cynicism, I will say, well, what's not? Um, Because there's so much under the umbrella of Anglicanism now that in a way should not be. And Andrews helps us roll back a lot of those should nots. And it's that sweet center that he strives for. It's, It's not papal and it's not Presbyterian. It's right in the middle. It's, it's the via media. What can you say? Um, The Anglican way right down the middle. And one thing, uh, I think he he was quoted saying, or maybe it was someone who wrote about him, that uh, nothing that he writes is new. I mean, this is all from Scripture. It's all from tradition of the antiquity of the church. And he wasn't here to bring these great revelations. He never wrote a book. 
I mean, uh, that tells you where his loyalty was. He was into preaching and to being a bishop. Um, so it, it's not uh, showing his brilliance. It's simply telling the word of God from the historical point of view that it has always been. And uh, we just want to bring it back to the fundamentals and uh, what Father Allen was saying when they asked him what he is, uh, that, you know, what are we not? And uh, But also on the other hand, other side of that, when people ask me, which happens often in hospitals and things, when we were allowed to go into them, uh, always people would come up, what are you? And the first thing I tell them is a Christian. And I think Andrews would have agreed with that. Yeah. We, we follow the scripture. We follow the teachings of Christ. We follow the traditions of the early church. Um, uh, so we're all Christians. We have that unity. But yet we are what you ever want us to be. At, uh, we have no, lim no bounds to our uh, arrogancy of uh, reasoning every and every little thing, whether it's pure Satan or not, mankind can reason it and put it in their heart. And uh, so that's what we hope to do is just to bring it. We want this to be simple discussions, uh, but we want it to be, and we want it to be real discussions. And uh, so that's what we will strive to do. Yeah. And that, that'll get easier to go as we have one specific um, document to discuss. Um, and so, we will, yeah, make our way through it. I'm at the end of my bottle, so I say that's okay. enough for that's we'll enough for today. We'll start to wrap this up, and uh, um, you know, once we get it going, it'll flow a little bit better. And um, uh, but it is important uh, for the world to that we're coming out from the coronavirus. We're going back to quote normal, and what we want these podcasts to help you do is to make quote norm normal is to be, quote, Christian, religious. Faith has something more than just a side part of your life that, you, that, you, that we help you uh, to see your faith as your life and that's not part of your life. Our lives should be part of our faith. We should live our faith. Thus, we should live our lives according to our faith. And so, um, yeah. anything else you got? No, that's it. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Dear Lord, we give you thanks for this time together. Uh, help us to do better in the future. Uh, but do bless this podcast that it does reach out to to people to touch their hearts, as uh, Lancelot Andrews tried to do through all of his writings, his sermons, uh, that simply our mission will be the same as his, and that is to bring people to Jesus Christ. In thy name, bless our work and move us forward. In thy name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We will have on the podcast links, wherever you find them, we will have all the show notes as yeah. we go, which will be either a sermon, be it this. Oh, really? We can do that? Yeah, we can do it. Okay. We're gonna I'll, I'll link and highlight his you know, great dissertation. Lancelot Andrews, it's a bestseller. Um, <laughs> it's like our song. Yeah. <laughs> and so At least we didn't sing to you during we will, this podcast. We'll put the resources together and just really try to make this thing easy, simple, yeah. as Andrews would have us do it. Right.